You're listening to the Talkative Toastmaster podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Surplus. In this podcast, we explore how Toastmasters can help you to polish your public speaking skills, communicate with confidence, and amplify your authenticity. You'll hear from my fellow Toastmasters and I how this global organization has impacted our lives for the better and how it could impact yours. Now, let's get talkative. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three. In today's episode, I'd like to tell you about a 35-year journey, my Toastmasters journey, that began with a first tentative few steps. I'm going to share what piqued my interest enough to get me started in this whole thing, talk about some highlights of the years in between, and how I now find myself podcasting about this whole speaking adventure. When I sit down to think about the impact that Toastmasters has had on my life, I realize that it is woven in and out of each decade of my life since I was 17. For as long as I can remember, I've turned to Toastmasters to provide a mix of personal and professional development, to surround myself with like-minded people, and to know that word by word, step by step, speech by speech, I'm improving my public speaking skills. In the last two episodes of this podcast, I've talked about what the fear of public speaking is and how it can be so debilitating. And then I've talked about why having confidence in public speaking is so important in any aspect of our life. I'm sure you'll agree with me that we all know it's one of those skills that would be great to have, but how many of us actually do something about actively improving? Our communication skills. So today's episode is really about how I got started and how this organization has woven itself in and out of the thread of my life. I was first introduced to the idea of public speaking as a skill during a speechcraft program in high school. Now speechcraft is a six-week spin-off program of Toastmasters where people from a local Toastmasters club come to a school setting and teach kids about how to create and deliver a speech in front of a small group of people. This really started to introduce me to the basic skills that the full Toastmasters organisation would. I just didn't know it at the time. Incidentally, there are still Toastmasters clubs today that run the Speechcraft program with local schools. You can find those in your local area at toastmasters.org. But that was my first taste of it and I knew it was a good thing to be doing. The next few years involved one of those life happens phases where I left high school, started working full-time, and started studying uni part-time three nights a week. So I really had no time for anything else during those particular years. But around the time I was finishing uni, I remember being reminded of Toastmasters during a talk one Saturday morning by a professional keynote speaker at the June Daly Watkins Finishing School that my parents put me through. Now, while the poise and grace that dear old Miss Daly taught me clearly never stuck, my love of Toastmasters did, and so this organisation came back onto my radar. In 1994, with some newfound time for fun stuff on my hands, I dragged my poor mother along to my very first club meeting. Port Hacking Toastmasters in Sydney. 
A quick shout out to my beautiful mum who I know will be listening to this. Hey mum, thanks for listening. Mum and I ended up going to that club together for about four years. It was a great learning experience for both of us and it was a dinner club so it really gave us a fantastic introduction to some very good speakers, a very supportive environment and almost that family aspect that I've come to know and love and expect from Toastmasters clubs everywhere. In my four years in that club, I held positions of club president, vice president of publicity, and I worked through one of the award programs. I really loved it. And as someone who had just come out of uni and was already in the workplace, I had plenty of opportunity to practice those skills in a working environment and outside of work. And I'm sure it gave me a lot more confidence at the time than I otherwise would have had. But then as things happen, I went into one of my life happens phases where Toastmasters took a backseat for a couple of years. I then moved out of the good old Sutherland Shire and over to North Sydney where I promptly remembered Toastmasters and joined another club. This became a bit of a pattern of mine where I would move locations, be it across town or around the world, I would find a local Toastmasters club. A couple of years later, I moved up to the Gold Coast with my family for a year and then joined a local club. Then in around 2005, I moved to London and joined a club there. When I moved from London back to Brisbane, I joined yet another club and then I had about a 10-year break in another life happens phase. After that phase ended, I found myself starting again in the organisation in 2021 at my current club of Mount Gravatt Toastmasters. I distinctly remember joining that particular time because I was starting to do a lot of Facebook Lives for my online business and watching myself back on the recordings made me realise that I really wanted to improve my speech delivery. So my 35-year on and off journey in Toastmasters continued when I then joined a second club in 2023, Leading Edge Advanced Toastmasters. Now, I'll talk more about why I joined the second club later on in this episode. But what I've noticed in all of these clubs is that Toastmasters are Toastmasters wherever in the world I've met them. They are all people who are committed not only to improving their own public speaking skills, but helping those around them improve as well. I've always loved that Toastmasters has given me a tick in the box for being an activity that is helping me to improve my communication skills. It's social and fun, and it's giving me practical skills that I can use in my life, in work, or really anywhere. Moving through different levels of leadership within my various clubs over the years has also given me a dose of leadership skills that has definitely helped me in my career. And I truly wish that I had stuck at Toastmasters consistently that whole time. I would be an absolutely epic speaker if I had practiced that regularly over that long. But obviously, life does happen, and I'm not going to beat myself up over that. But I am making a commitment to really stick at Toastmasters for a sustained period of time going forward because I've seen the benefits over so many years of my own life. 
What I also love, though, about each time I've come back to Toastmasters is that I've been able to draw on my past experience and then benefit from learning from new people and receiving their feedback about how I can improve. I've also seen many other members do remarkable things from nearly trembling in tears at the fear of doing their first speech to delivering the most inspiring speeches ever. I've seen a whole range of speakers. I've heard a whole range of speeches. I've been subjected to hundreds of evaluations of my talks and it's been a pleasure for me to evaluate a whole bunch of people as well. With all of that combined, I now innately know how to structure speeches, or at least a basic speech, how to deliver speeches, how to practice delivering speeches and feel more confident, and how I can apply those skills to the rest of my life. Of course, I know I can improve in each of those areas, but it no longer sends me into a tailspin if someone asks me to say a few words or to deliver a presentation at work or to jump onto someone else's podcast. I now jump at those opportunities. One of the other aspects of Toastmasters that I've really enjoyed in the last three years has been competitions. Now, Toastmasters is absolutely not about competitions for the most part. It's the very last thing on our minds, actually, in our normal club meetings. At club meetings, the objective is really about providing feedback so that speakers can improve. But one of the ways that Toastmasters helps us to stretch ourselves is by holding an annual competition with four categories of speeches. And the winners of the club level competitions go through to the area level and compete against members from the four or five clubs in that area. Then the winner of those competitions goes through to division level, then district and regional, and on it goes. In one speech category, the international speech competition, which is typically a five to seven minute speech, you could find yourself representing Australia against world competitors. Toastmasters can really take you that far. One of the things in Toastmasters in which I feel I've found my stride and one of the things I love most is about giving evaluations. In our club evaluation competition, we typically bring in a test speaker from outside of our own club. So we don't know them. We've never heard this speaker, don't know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Then in the competition setting, that speaker will do their speech and all of the evaluators who are competing will sit and listen to that speech in the same room. Then they'll write up their notes and are all then taken out of that room And then one by one, each competitor is brought in to deliver their three-minute evaluation of that speech. And a successful evaluation will provide observations about what the speaker did really well, how they could perhaps challenge themselves, and most importantly, what they could do to improve their speech. Because after all, having that understanding of what we can do to improve and being given good, solid examples of what that looks like can actually help us to improve. Now, the audience gets the benefit of hearing those four or five different evaluations of the same speech and seeing how varied those evaluations can be is also a learning experience in itself. The speaker receives a whole raft of feedback about their speech 
and the winner of the evaluation competition goes on to represent the club at the next level. Now, I've won our club competitions the last couple of years as well as the area competition. And in March, so just a couple of months away, I'm competing at the division level. Each level of competition challenges me to speak alongside more experienced speakers, some awesome evaluators, and yes, I still get nervous each time I compete. But I actually really enjoy that feeling of terrifying myself. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. (laughs) As well as evaluations, table topics are an aspect of Toastmasters that I love as well. And you'll hear more in detail over the coming weeks from different Toastmasters about table topics, but this is basically an impromptu part of the Toastmasters meeting where you're given a random topic at no notice, called up to the stage, and from there you have to deliver a one to two minute mini speech about that topic. In a competition setting for table topics, all of the competitors start outside the main room, then Each competitor is called in one by one where they respond to the same table topic. Now, there's no way you can prepare for table topics. You simply have to respond to the question you're given as you come to the stage. And what I love about this aspect of Toastmasters is that it equips you with the skills and knowledge to be able to create a structure for a speech in your mind. A very basic structure of a speech will have a beginning, a middle, and an end, or an opening, a body, and a conclusion. Then, if you want to flesh out that structure a little more, it might be an opening, three key points, and a conclusion. And that's just one example of a speech structure. Another example of a speech structure might be then, now, and looking ahead, so a chronological sequence or it might be before and after. So if you're aware of some of these different structures that are available to you as a way of constructing speeches and you practice them as we do at Toastmasters each meeting in one way or another, that is how you slowly improve your public speaking skills over time. I personally find it also gives me confidence to know I can construct speeches about pretty much any topic in a very short period of time. So competitions have really been a fun part of my experience recently. For me, it's always about doing better than I did last time. Everyone has their own style of evaluating and their own style of delivery, so we can't ever compete on that front with anyone else, but we can always do better in ourselves. My objective in competing in evaluations is always to do the very best evaluation I can and to give the speaker the most useful feedback for where they're at. One of the other aspects of Toastmasters I've delved into again in the last couple of years is moving into positions of leadership. Now, I'm currently the president of my home club, Mount Gravatt Toastmasters. This involves leading a volunteer executive committee of members who hold different roles to basically ensure that the needs of our members are met and that they're happily progressing through their Toastmasters goals. We'll explore the various roles within the club leadership structure in greater detail in coming episodes. Now, just leaping back to the second club I mentioned I joined, and a shout out to Leading Edge Advanced Toastmasters. I joined this particular club because it's an advanced club and there's a number of coaches and speaking professionals and very experienced Toastmasters in this club. So 
this is just another way for me to push myself out of my comfort zone and to basically terrify myself a little bit more. And finally, this podcast is another example of how I've pretty much agreed to challenge myself every week. But in doing so, I hope to improve different aspects of my communication skills. Recording podcasts is an entirely different way of delivering a speech, and I'm learning so much about so many things. So hopefully you and I will both notice an improvement over the coming episodes. In summing up the aspects about Toastmasters I love most and the things I've most observed over my 35-year journey is that the organisation has been a consistent place to meet new people and like-minded people all around the world. It's allowed me to surround myself with people who are committed to growing themselves and to providing me with feedback to grow. I've loved the various competitions and how they drive me to challenge myself each year. I'm loving the experience of being a club president and helping to set the tone and direction of our club for this year. And I've loved joining a new and advanced club, which continues to push me out of my comfort zone. And there you have it, a brief summary of my 35-year journey that began with the first tentative step of walking into my very first Toastmasters meeting. I'll share more stories about different aspects of my journey in future episodes, and it's also why I'll be bringing on different speakers each fortnight from now. I'd love for you to hear about the many different experiences our members have so you can work out if this organisation is right for you. If you're ready to unlock your potential, consider joining a Toastmasters club near you. Check out the Find a Club link on the Toastmasters International website at www.toastmasters.org. It's worth visiting a couple of different clubs as a guest to see which club best suits you. If you do take the leap and visit a meeting, I would absolutely love to hear your experience. Feel free to message me at talkativetoastmaster at gmail.com or tag me in the comments if you found this podcast on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. Head to talkativetoastmaster.com where you'll find the show notes for this and all other episodes as well as links to some awesome Toastmasters resources. If you found value in today's content, I'd really appreciate if you could share it with friends and colleagues who may be interested, or leave a review on iTunes. This helps more people to find us. Until next time, remember the words of Seth Godin. If it scares you, it may be a good thing to try. Have a great week.